Hello, hello. We are back. Uh, this is episode three, I believe. Episode three from season two with your hosts, Jim Amato and Paul Aguirre. Hello, hello. We are talking today uh, episode four of The Mandalorian. And I will say as we open up, we will be getting more timely with these podcasts. Uh, we're talking about episode four as episode five is dropping today. But I believe you mean episode five ep- and episode six dropped today. Is that you're right. We're talking episode five and episode six is dropping. So the gunslinger. We, we plan on getting caught up next week. But for now, we haven't uh, shared our thoughts on last week's episode, which was, uh, as Mr. Amato just said, the uh, the somewhat plainly yet evocatively titled The Gunslinger, which uh, brings up, uh, evokes images in our mind of sort of the classic Western gunslinger movies that the Mandalorian borrows from so much. Uh, But I also thought a certain segment of fans, I think, uh, might also think about Stephen King's book, uh, The Gunslinger, and the whole gunslinger. um, Is that the Green Tower? That's the Dark Tower books. Dark Tower, yes. Um, And the gunslinger is the title character role in the gunslinger uh, and the first book is called the gunslinger but uh just a quick recap so uh this episode opens with um an incredibly impressive looking uh dog fight i thought at least um mando is uh trying to get away from <clears throat> what we can assume is another bounty hunter uh, who's after him. And uh, he uh, uses some savvy breaking and uh, manages to end up getting behind his quarry and takes him down. But in the process, he loses an engine. Uh, it was a scene pretty much just out of Top Gun, if you've seen that. It was a very maverick move, if you will. Yes, Um and um, so his engine is down, so he needs to uh, repair his ship. And wouldn't you know it, lo and behold, the nearest planet in this uh, infinite <laughs> seeming galaxy is uh, Tatooine, which um, now, unfortunately, thanks to the internet, uh, I knew this was coming up in this episode, but I, uh, I envy the non-internet friendly fan who uh, got to hear. So as he's docking, you're, you're welcome. It was it was quite nice. I can to only be imagine the reaction. Actually, I was looking at the set to see if they were using the same set from uh, some of the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked very familiar. If they've recreated it and rebuilt it to be exactly like it was a. Well, so he's flying in, he's looking for clearance to land, and uh, he hears from the Moss Eisley Tower. And so uh, that brings to mind the Moss Eisley Cantina. And as Mr. Amato said, uh, they land on tattooing, and I believe they did use similar uh, – I don't think they filmed in Tunisia, but I do think they filmed in some of the other locations that they used for uh, A New Hope and Return of the Jedi and possibly some of the prequels. And um, just to finish up the recap, uh, Mando and Child um, land at a uh, port and uh, he gets his ship repaired by a – 
the mechanic Pelly. Pelly played by Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. <laughs> a very uh, unusual casting, but uh, a great casting. And this show continues to delight in some of its casting choices. Um, so while she's repairing the ship, uh, Mando cools his heels at the Moss Eisley t- Cantina, which, uh, and then uh, while he's there, he uh, meets another fellow, young fellow bounty hunter. I wouldn't say fellow bounty hunter. He's a rookie. rival rookie. He's a rookie. He hasn't even gotten into the guild yet. And that's one of the reasons why um, they have their conversation because Toro needs help in capturing this quarry. The qu- he, he asked the Mandalorian for help. And the quarry's name is uh, Brand, I think it was. Oh, I thought it was Fennec. No. Terrible nap. Yeah, it's something fennec. <sighs> fennel? Something fennel. fennel? Yeah, it's fennec. Fennec? Fennec. Why do I think he was brand? Tor, Tor is looking for someone for the way into the gil- uh, guild. Mando is hesitant. Fennec Shand. Fennec Shand. Because I remember going, wow, they have an Irishman on there. Uh, her name is Fennec Shand, played by Ming Na Wen. Uh, familiar face again. Nice casting. Um, so, um, anyways, he needs help because her reputation is uh, to be pretty lethal. So Mando teams up with him to help the kid, and uh, the kid ends up double crossing Mando. Uh, actually, he double crosses Fennec Shand. He he ends up shooting Fennec Shand, and then tries to double cross the Mandalorian. And uh, that doesn't turn out too well for him either. But the sort of stinger at the end of the episode is um, somebody shows up to collect the body of Fennec Shand. And who that somebody is, we don't know. But uh, the hot the well, hot theory. You got the cape. Yes. You got the, the sound effects that kind of accompany this character. So people want it to be Boba Fett, but uh, it remains to be seen. I know John Favreau has said Boba Fett is not in this series, but that could just be uh, smoke and mirrors. Um, but that's the plot. But what I really want to talk about is sort of the uh, the idea of the series or the, the episode. Um, I mean, this show has been a delight in – the way it is planted sort of Easter eggs and callbacks and really done a deep dive into Star Wars lore, uh, bringing back and making canon um, elements from the Christmas special and uh, from some of the cartoons and whatnot. But this uh, this is the first episode where they really sort of play the game of, uh, hey, remember this? I mean, you have Moss Eisley. You have tattooing. Um, you have speeder bikes. You have the speeder bikes. They're you not have, the very same ones that you're going to see. You have the gonk droids are in them twice. You uh, have the monocular that the he ma- uses to see how far away you have the sand the people, is. the dewbacks, and the uh, Tuscan yeah, Raiders. Tuscan Raiders. We have um, the uh, what is his name? Uh, R not R two D two R five D four possibly. From uh, a new hope, um, you have all of this, the these sort of icons, iconography of the Star Wars world, 
Um, it even looked like the same landing bay, perhaps, that one Millennium Falcon had been in at one point. So what do we think of a show like The Mandalorian dipping into or leaning into this Star Wars lore so early in the series? I, I think it's an, a, a good way that they've approached it. They haven't gone heavy-handed. They haven't mentioned characters. They haven't even really talked about any of the plot line except for the dissolution of the Empire. That's as far as they've come with going into the Skywalker saga. But for anybody that's new to the series, just watching it on its own, it plays really well. You don't need to know all the other pieces that are in there for like Star Wars fans who are picking up on these and enjoying those elements they're dropping in and they're not relying on those elements to tell the story. And I think that's what makes the Mandalorian stand apart, but also be that spinoff. So if mm. this is where Disney's going to go and say, hey, we can make standalone pieces. We, we had Rogue One that was right inside of the Skywalker saga. We had uh, Solo that was in there, but now we're going to depart, but we're still living in the universe. They're not building a whole new world is what they're letting us know. They're going to live in the area of the mapped planetary uh, area that we've, we're accustomed to. Uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I loved it, but I do understand um, not people's concerns, but I have read uh, some, I guess, criticisms of uh, the show sort of jumping the shark, if you will, this early on and taking us back to tattooing and taking us back to Mos Eisley. Um, what I thought was interesting, if at least you're going to go back there, uh, it, it sort of gives you an idea of what the post-Return of the Jedi world is like. Starting with tattooing looks a lot less crowded than it used to be um, and sort of, you know, the most kind of, I thought, sort of humorous idea is that uh, the Mos Eisley Cantina is run by droids now, which, you know, in Star Wars New Hope, famously droids weren't allowed to drink in there. Um, and now it's run by droids. Um, there's no mention of pod racing. The Hutts, Jabba is obviously dead. So this, uh, and you see the first scene is the um, the bloody uh, stormtrooper Helmets. I'm going to assume there's no heads within them on pikes outside. So this certainly is a post-revolution world uh, tattooing. We don't really get an idea if it's for the better or for the worse, um, but it's 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 definitely a different tattooing than we saw in the and original trilogy. And it's only trilogy. five years after yeah the fall of the empire it's only five years after return of the jedi pod racing was you know 30 years before that yeah that's fair i guess so there is decades between that and the end of you know return and then the mandalorian happens so there's still going to be some of that very if this scene was taking place after this last the rise of skywalker all right that would look a little weird because it's an additional 30 years later but where it's fitting into the timeline, I think they've done a nice job of letting you know we're in this realm, but we're exploring different storylines. Yeah. And, but if that's the case, though, I did find it odd that 
Oh, I mean, I guess I don't know who he would say it to, but, you know, we talked about Boba Fett before and how I think it's smart the show hasn't mentioned him or made this about him. But it does seem odd that the Mandalorian would be on the same planet where Boba Fett met his ending, supposedly, and no mention of it. Like, I don't know. Don't you think it would come up? Like, this is where Boba Fett fell into the Sarlacc well, I don't pit. think there's a memorial plaque anywhere at that point. You were dealing with nefarious elements. So yeah. I'm sure there's lore. I'm sure if you're in the bar drinking, someone brings it up. He someone might talk about it. Like go- right after he walked out, I'm sure there was someone that went in whatever tongue yeah. they were speaking. Hey, as a Mandalorian, you know where Boba Fett actually bought it? Hey, well, let's go out and take, you know, that, that probably went on. Yes, he wouldn't place flowers at the uh, site or <laughs> right. anything. But it's not a pilgrimage. I guess, yeah. He was on a mission. But, um, you know, nostalgia aside, um, I did think it was, again – much like the episode the week before um, where they're on the planet. Uh, uh, I forget the name of it, but the uh, the sort of Seven Samurai slash Magnificent Seven episode. I thought this episode sort of was pretty much self-contained. Uh, the only sort of connection to the larger world of this series was that ending with, you know, who is that character? Um what is his relationship to the Mandalorian and uh, what, you know, I mean, I guess to the idea that the word is out about Mando and what he did turned his back on the guild. So people are finding out about that. So it's just going to raise more questions. Um, but overall, uh, I thought it was a good episode. I hope we vis- revisit the classic sets from Star Wars sparingly. Like I hope next week they're not on Endor or <laughs> anything like that. But um, I did like it. I thought it was good. Um, and I did like to see, you know, it's nice to drop in on tattooing and, you know, it's like visiting an old friend. So, And again, I, I like the, the, the practical effects that they were using. Yeah, it looks dirty. It looks like Star Wars. Yeah. So – Good stuff. So we will be back uh, hopefully soon, Tuesday, possibly to talk about today's episode, episode six. So we're going to wrap up part one and then take a short break. And then uh, something new for part two, we have uh, a couple of special guests joining us to talk about Star Wars and uh, The Mandalorian. And uh, if you like what you hear and want to be a guest on this uh, podcast, just uh, message or email Mr. Amato and or I, and uh, we'll get you in the lineup. So uh, we'll take a short break and then be back. Welcome to the Holocron Vault. We're back for the second part of episode three. So we have joining us today uh, two 12th graders. We have Lauren Avery. Hi. And Michaela Poirier. Hi. Am I saying your last name right, Michaela? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Michaela and Lauren, why don't you uh, tell us about yourselves? Uh, 12th grade. Yeah, we're seniors. Big dogs. Awesome. (laughs) So the reason we uh, asked them to be on the show today is we know that they are Star Wars fans. Yeah. Yes. Especially 
of the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Amato and I, well, first off, before we, we talk to you about that, tell us uh, what uh, are you, you guys are in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. How do you feel about Star Wars in general? Well, I mean, I've grown up on Star Wars. Yeah, me too. I only have brothers, younger brothers, so my dad got them into it too, and my dad was in love with it as a kid, so that kind of came out to us. if you don't mind us asking, how old is your dad? About 45. All right, so right around our age. Yeah. Right, so that's so. what we call the original trilogy. Yeah. So yeah. that we only believe in generations, not an X or anything like that, or Boomer. We believe in <laughs> first trilogy, Generation okay, yeah. second trilogy, yeah, that makes sense. and now the third, third. trilogy generation. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way to discuss people. But yeah. I do find it interesting that there's a generation, like they said, that has grown up with Star Wars because when when we were kids, we did grow up with Star Wars, but we often grew up without Star Wars, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, there was a, a large gap. There was a large, huge time. gap. The lost years, as we call them. Uh, <laughs> really call them that? We do them now. Now, after uh, Return years. of the Jedi came out in 1983, there was no real new Star Wars until the films were re-released in, I believe, 1997. That was a big, huge year because for the first time ever, we could see Star Wars. Now, when I was a kid, I remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the theaters, but I don't think I saw the other two movies. I was too young. Uh, But I do remember seeing Return of the Jedi in 1983 in the theaters. But then we had to wait, uh, what, 14 years? 14 years to see another Star Wars. I had kids by then, I think. In the theaters. Remember when they re-released them, the special editions? And then finally... The prequels came uh, 1999, I believe, but there was a 13-year gap where there was no Star Wars. Yes. So now, how did your dad introduce you to them? Did you go with the prequels first and then into the Star Wars saga, the original first trilogy? No, we actually started with the original one because I was too young. We were born the second... I think the second movie of the second trilogy is 2002. And yeah, that's when, that's we, when were we were born. So we were too young yeah. to... We were yeah. babies when we came yeah. out. So they would be... A, that's the prequel generation. It is. But it's also the generation where you have Star Wars all the time now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a new Star Wars movie almost every year. Next week. Yep, next yep. week. Whereas yep. when we were growing up, all we had in between was the action figures <laughs> and the... Uh, extended universe, the comic books mm-hmm. and the novels, and you had to kind of suss out all these stories that were happening in the universe through these little clues. We didn't have the internet either, so we had to rely on the back of the action figures. Yeah, it was the Stone Age. <laughs> so, what was the first movie you saw that you remember seeing? Oh, mine was episode three. Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, that's still my favorite one. I know it's bad to say. No, no. That's that's my favorite one. Darth Vader is my favorite character, so I just really like seeing how he... That was leading to the next question, (laughs) but that answers a lot. If you like episode three, Darth Vader is going to be a a main Mm -hmm. character you like. Yours? I kind of liked Anakin Skywalker. Like, Like, I know that's before... Like yeah, prequel, cool. but I, I just kind of like how you see his character transform and like how he became yeah. Darth Vader. But you see the difference between the first two. Yeah, characters. you see the difference between two and three. Yeah. Like Anakin Skywalker a lot. Would you oh. say you're more of an Anakin fan than a fanakin? If you 
a fan of King, if you will? Or do you have another character who's your favorite character? Han Solo. Yeah. He's my I favorite. Mean, Swashbuckler. I, I personally love Chewbacca. Oh yeah, I always found him very cute, like a, like a dog. Can yeah. we give them new know? nicknames? It's Solo and, and Chewy right here. Those were our backgrounds. <laughs> our backgrounds like three of, months yeah. of school. Yeah. See, that's nice. Yes, they're in the club. They're in the club. <laughs> just they been come back into the club. Yes. That's perfect. Now tell us uh, about your. What does your fandom mean besides the Mandalorian and the movies? What What else do you do? You guys watch the cartoons? Do you read the books? Are you into the comic books? I read, I don't know. I went to Disney like two years ago. Me and my brother got these two books. It was like, I don't know what they were, but it was about the Jedi and it was about the resistance, not the resistance. Oh my God. Was it probably having the Rebel Alliance Um, or the resistance? I don't know. I know I read, I read the Jedi one. I don't remember the one that he got. So you've but, read the books. So you, yeah. uh, besides watching just the films and TV show, I've what else have you books, guys yeah. you read? Some of the books. Yeah, uh, my brother, who is a sophomore, watched a lot of the Clone Wars, and sometimes I would sit and watch that with him. But I wasn't like an avid watcher and would tune in every week. Gotcha. Well, I, I like Clone Wars for how much of the politics, and if yeah. you've seen some of that, I'm noticing. In The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. there's a lot more of that crossover. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more of yeah. the backstory figured yeah. out to help you into this series here because it was more of the entire universe um, involved the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what, uh, what would you say? What does it mean to be a Star Wars fan in okay. this day and age? In 2019, for people your age... You've had to like thoroughly watch all of the movies yeah. multiple times. And I feel like you can't just watch the new trilogy yeah, and say, like, I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I feel like you don't once have... the new one came out, what was it, like 2016? I think. Well, Everyone... at what age cutoff would you say? Because I know there's some younger kids, like you, brought yeah. in on episode three or mm-hmm. you brought up on the prequels, mm-hmm. Phantom Menace. Yeah. They're being brought up. This is the one they see Yeah, first. I feel like they just don't understand it as well. There's so Because, like, there's background. Han. Yeah, there's Leia. They're, like, like those are, like, the main characters. Even the droids I yeah. consider them main characters. Like I feel like they so, don't understand it yeah. as well. Like they don't understand the force. They don't understand like what happened before the force so awakens. So do you think it's enough for them to get excited about the whole saga, the rest of the trilogies? Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. That they'll want to go back and watch everything yeah. from the beginning. Well, mm-hmm. I think if they really enjoyed it, then they'd say, oh, wow, well, there's six other like, movies I haven't seen. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'll go back and, and there's watch like all two of them. stories as well. Mm-hmm. So, what colors of lightsaber do you have? Oh, oof. I I always think of myself as um, a blue or red. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really different. <laughs> I was partial to green. Uh, I had a green one. I see it was green. Yeah, sometimes red, mostly green. So a little bit of the dark side there. (laughs) Now, are there other, again, when we talk about fandom, I see today like being a Star Wars fan involves, I I guess it was the same when we were a kid, but it was harder to find. But there's the TV shows and the, the video games and the comic books. In other words... There's this whole kind of expanded universe where it's all connected. And of course, 
I think a lot of that comes from the Marvel universe where everything is connected and you got to watch the shows and the movies mm-hmm. and all that. Are you guys into other universes as well? Marvel. Are you Marvel fans too? Yeah. I mean, I'm not like a diehard Marvel fan, but like I'm starting to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes, depending on who you're with, the other Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. where do you feel you fit in? Have you ever been with that Star Wars aficionado who can crazy. go really deep, remembers every single Jedi yeah, name? Yeah. And you're like, okay, I, I have a guy. Yeah. Yeah. But you talk to other people and you know you know more than they do. They don't know how the characters come together. Where do you fit in? I'm like in the middle. Like I don't know like everything, but I would like to think I know a lot. There are times where like I'll be talking about it with someone and they're like, wow, you know a lot about it. Yeah. It's kind of, you're kind of a nerd. Yeah. I mean, you know. So how do you react to that? I'm I own like, up to okay, it. Okay, whatever. You know, there are some parts yeah. of movies where I can remember some of the lines. Because geek is chic. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to say, back in our thing. day, yeah. being a nerd, like, I just think that, and I think that's good. Like, you see the nerds kind of rule the day. Like, you see, like, the new star, the new Spider Man movies. All the characters in that are, like, smart, nerdy kids, and they're, like, the mm-hmm. heroes of those films. When like, you take off the Mandalorian's helmet, he's he's wearing glasses. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he just took the SATs. <laughs> so, well, they were talking about that uh, before the podcast, off camera, if you will, about. Uh, well, actually, you wanna, do we want to steer into the Mandalorian? Yeah. So, let's uh, talk. So both you girls watched The Mandalorian, mm-hmm, correct? Yes. What are your thoughts on The Mandalorian? I like it. I think it's good Yeah. so far. I think it's different, but okay, I like it. if we were in your it. English class right now, I yeah. know the English teacher was saying- I would saying, have just asked what's good. Yeah. What does good what's, mean? <laughs> what's just textual support for that? Yeah. What do you mean by good? I like and Different how, from what? I like how they're showing like the relationship between The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Like I feel like that's not something you usually see. What don't like a you coming usually of say? Age. True. We also don't think I like it because we think hero and we sort of we don't always associate yeah. kind of like fatherhood or guardianship with hero. And yeah. you have this guy has to take care of somebody yeah. else and be right. empathetic. Like that one time where like he gave up Baby Yoda and yeah. then he stole him back because he didn't want yeah. him to die. Do you think you'd ever be able to give up Baby Yoda? No. no. <laughs> Once you had Baby Yoda, you would hold on to him yes. forever. Yes. Forever. Forever. Uh, well, what were you talking about before? About it's an interesting thought about the actor that plays the Mandalorian. Oh, how Pedro Pascal about getting casted out the Mandalorian, be so excited and be like, oh, but you're not going to take your helmet off. Yeah, I wonder if that was part of the discussion. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he had to go in understanding, like, like I don't know yeah. that we're going to see his face this I, year. I did read an article where he is credited as the Mandalorian. But it's not in every scene. So some of the non-speaking scenes and where there's a lot of action, there's a whole entire different actor that's just there for a body double. And he's doing voiceovers. Kind of like James Earl Jones and Mm -hmm. Darth Vader. That kind of thing is what's happening there, too. So some of the body language, we're seeing two different actors Hmm. bringing that suit of armor to life. Interesting. Interesting. And I do think his voice is – I think he does a lot with – I think it's an interesting – Portrayal. I saw. I read an article this week about comparing that show with the HBO series Watchmen. Do you guys watch that no, one? No. I have it on the list, but yeah. I haven't gotten into. It. I haven't watched it yet either. But a lot of the characters in Watchmen apparently wear masks as well, and it was talking about these shows where the actors have to portray emotions 
w- without you seeing their face. They have to do it through their voice and their inflection and tone of voice and their mannerisms and actions because they are masked for most of the uh, the show. I do have a coffee mug and it has a bunch of stormtroopers on it. There's like eight. <laughs> And then under each one, it has the emotion that they're showing. Sad, happy, <laughs> oh, I angry, saw frustrated. That, yeah. Yes, it's, yeah. it's kind of what we got here, but it's <laughs> the subtle head nods that he does. It's that little tilt of yeah. the head. It's how he uses his shoulders. He doesn't have a lot to be able to use to emote mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But you do see that relationship between he and Baby Yoda. Yeah. Language. yeah, and the, the little he turns his head. Yeah, yeah. The little knob for the gear control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Like little details like that and how to show the relationship developing is is Mm -hmm. a great use of characterization. So now uh, to wrap up here, are you girls going to see uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, I'm going on Friday. 100%. You have tickets already? Yeah, next weekend. Yeah. And what are you expecting? What what are you expecting and or what do you want to see happen? I want Rey to be related to Palpatine. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, I just saw a friendship start to dissolve right there. In front of my very eyes. I water so bad because there's so many clues. Like, there's only two characters in the whole universe with, like, British accents, which is Palpatine and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't think they would do Obi-Wan Kenobi because that's too obvious. And they casted uh, John Boyega. He has a British accent, too, but they make him use an American accent and not Daisy Ridley, which I'm like, so... Wow, I'm really that's hoping. Interesting <laughs> sleuthing there. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard that. So I'm really yet. hoping she's related to Palpatine because, and he's back. So yes. I'm like, which I'm not thrilled about. <gasps> no, I am. <laughs> I feel like someone else is gonna die because yeah. they've really just let off a big character in every, every single movie. Well, and I went home so that I cried. I cried. So I almost walked out of the theater. I cried so yeah. hard. I cried. I was like, next to my cousin. Yeah. Oh my god, for me. An entire childhood yeah. came to a screeching halt yeah. at that point. Because just like you, which you guys enjoyed, Han, right. he was the character I'm playing in the backyard. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know if I had the nobility to be Luke Skywalker, <laughs> but I could be that roguish you yes. know, pirate guy, Han Solo. With but the to be fair, the, the I thought I read that Harrison Ford, one of the contingencies of him being in Force Awakens, he, wanted, was, he said, he wanted like, Han yes, Solo to yeah. die. Yeah, like, I'm doing it one more time, and that's it. So. It because like Chewbacca yeah. lost a best friend. Oh my God! But you know, Chewie and I screamed. I was like, Oh, oh my God. that was like <laughs> the major. Like I obviously like, watching him die and like his son yeah. killing him and whatnot. But then like watching your best friend. Yeah, die, watching Chewie's reaction was, was really hard. It was so hard. Like, and there's an, another costume where you're head to toe, and that guy yeah. really gets to emote those emotions yeah. through that big carpet he's wearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no one else could play him because he was so tall. Yeah. yeah. Well, the actor just passed away, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah. There's a new one who played him in this one, and I think maybe in Solo. The actor who's playing him now has only played him a few times. I should take a look here. But Yeah, with the physicality of the role in Solo, I, I'm assuming it was a, a new one. Yeah, I never mm-hmm. looked it up, but I'm just going to say it was probably a younger guy in the costume. Yeah, because yeah. that scenes. guy was yeah pretty pretty old. Here we go, Junis Sort. Oh boy, I'm not even going to say that. But he is in. Uh, he played Chewbacca in Star Wars or Solo. And uh, Last Jedi, and he's in the Rise of 
Rise of Skywalker. And he is in Force Awakens as the double. So maybe the original yeah. actor uh, did play him. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Peter May, who played him in Force Awakens, and that was the last time. So, oh. yep. Yep. That's so sad, though, because yeah. they both kind of went yeah. out in the last movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just so sad to like think about. Yeah. You know, and then when Luke turned to dust, yep. I was like, that just really? really? <laughs> that one really hurt. Really? Yeah. That one really hurt. Like, it was pretty emotional. Like That's why I think. He was back for one movie. One, yeah. Wow, yeah. Well, and I think that's what makes the Star Wars universe and the MCU so endearing is that you actually feel something for the characters. Yeah. When they choose to eliminate a character, there is that sense of loss that part of you, part of that that story that you've grown up with is no more. And I mean, like you saw, I'm sure, Endgame. I was just about to say that the end of the Mm -hmm. end of Endgame. Every time, just gets me every single time to see every character there, like standing there, like watching, you know, proof that Iron Man has a heart. Like that just really hits you, you know? It does. And that's why, like, I have absolutely zero patience for these, like, think pieces about, like, you know, (laughs) our Marvel movie cinema. And, like, like, first of all, I don't care. Yeah. But secondly, I like, cinema to me is it means something and you relate to the characters and you care about them. And I feel like people care a lot more about the characters in the Marvel universe than they do in a lot of other movies and some other franchises. So I think it's, yeah, it may not be some three hour, you know, Oscar bait misery fest, (laughs) but I still think it's, you know, I'm referring recently, um, I don't know if you girls follow this news, but uh, Martin Scorsese, made some comments that I, I I don't know why he was even asked this, but if he thought Marvel movies are cinema and he said, no, they're not cinema. They're, they're something lower than cinema. And of course it made a big internet buzz mm, yeah. story, um, which I don't think was his intention or whatnot, but yeah, those arguments I have zero patience for. I mean, these are the stories that resonate with people. Well, we can answer know? that question quickly enough. How many times have you seen the Godfather? <laughs> All right, good. Good talk. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you watched Star Wars? A lot. <laughs> there we go. All How right. many of the Marvel movies have you seen? All of them. Yeah. Are you excited for Black Widow? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you don't seem that excited for Black Widow. I am. I just have mixed emotions A about it. A female solo lead. Okay, well... If I'm being honest, there are a lot more characters I prefer over her. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can do karate, jujitsu. Like, that's cool. You know, <laughs> you don't have a shield. You don't have. You know, I mean, I don't right. know. Did you like Captain Marvel? No. Oh wow, interesting. All right. Now, see, I, again, when we get into the Marvel universe, which That'll character be the next I like? Podcast, yeah. Hawkeye. Oh, because I'm like. <laughs> He's he's got a family. And yeah, I, I get. Yes, he does. I have, have the a most different to connection lose. to yeah. him. Like, all right, I'm. I can't be building robots and yeah. flying machines, but I could learn some archery. Well, and it's I'm probably really close s- to being a superhero. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I it's think smart Chris too. Cubed is where it's at. What? What's that? The three Chris's. Chris cubed. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. Well. Let's wrap it up here. We could, we're, we're starting to go into another, I think we're going into an episode of uh, Marvel Universe, and that's another oh. podcast for another time. But we want to thank our guests, Lauren and Michaela, for joining us. And uh, I think we're, we're doing a quick turnaround this week. We're recording another episode on Tuesday, possibly. 
turns out. I believe that is- With some uh, more guests. Yeah. So uh, keep the guests coming. If you're listening to this, if you uh, want to be on the, uh, the Holocron Vault- that's what we're calling this, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, contact myself or Mr. Amato, and uh, we'll get you on. So thanks, girls. Thank you. And for Mr. Amato and I, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>